Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the GP, the Generators podcast. Thanks for dropping on back. I really appreciate it. Hope you had a fantastic week and uh, that you got to do the stuff you wanted to do. You know, isn't that a great week when you can just say, hey, here's a list of things that I would like to accomplish. And at the end of that week, look at that. You accomplished everything and maybe even added a few new ones. Huh? Isn't that a good week? Plus, you're alive. That's always the, the, you know, that's really the real one. I guess if you can just be alive at the end of the week, that's a very important thing. That's the main goal. Um, yeah, I hope it was good, went well for you. I uh, Another busy week on 22, of course. Shot a bunch of stuff, and we're blowing through the episodes right now. Like, I don't know if we're episode seven or eight, and it's only two or three more weeks, and then we are wrapped for the holiday season and not back until January. So... It is, uh, I don't know, it, it, I mean, I've talked about it before, but it's, Mondays just come like bang, bang, like so quick. You blink your eyes and it's Monday again, you know, which is our taping night. So, and this week is a little bit different because we tape two shows in one week because we have the Monday as a holiday, a long weekend for Remembrance Day. So we record on Monday night and then Friday night of the same week. So it's going to be kind of a helter-skelter weird week where we have to jam a lot of stuff into a couple of days so it's a very abnormal schedule but we will find a way to do it as we always do and what else is going on with me in the world um oh i did a keynote speech last night i'm recording this intro on sunday evening but i I did a keynote speech type of thing um for a gala awards type banquet um in a cute little place just outside of halifax kind of in the Muscadabit area, you know, um, cute little place and, uh, did that. I want to get into doing more keynote stuff. I'd like to get up and kind of, you know, there was lots of comedy chunks in there too, but also just kind of talking about my own life and growing up and, and all that stuff. And I kind of want to start sharing more of that, I think. So I would like to do more keynote stuff down the road. So it was a great time, cute little venue that of course I had to make fun of cause that's what you do. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, a real beautiful little area and a place that I'd like to get back to actually, there's so much coast in Nova Scotia that I've realized a lot of it I have not seen. Um, cause it goes in every different direction. You can just go find coast, you know? So I need to, to, to do more of that and start, uh, renting a car and getting out and exploring it. But of course it'll be treacherous road season here pretty quick. We have no snow yet. Knock on wood. Where's some wood? There it is. Knock on wood, no snow yet. Thank you. And uh, so maybe I'll be able to sneak in a, a trip before I uh, before I head back. But uh, heading back to my hometown of Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, this coming weekend. Really excited. Going to get back, visit my aunt, hang out, and uh, get back there. We have that long weekend, so I thought rather than going all the way back to Calgary, I'll just go back to my hometown, mosey around, see what's up, see what's new. Haven't been back there since the summer. Um, since the uh, come home year celebrations. So go back and, uh, and hang out and see what's going on, you know? I don't know. See what's happening. See if there's any new restaurants shaking, you know? A new microbrewery, something. I don't know. Something new to check out. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Also did a couple of guest spots this week, too, and the new material seems to be working really well, so I'm enjoying that. And uh, just grateful to have stage time. Like, I was talking to someone about this the other day. I think as a comedian you almost look at the craft of stand-up as your girlfriend. And there are times where you really, really love your girlfriend. And then other times where you and your girlfriend are not seeing eye to eye. (laughs) 
and you're not talking and it's cold and there's not a lot of love being shared between the two of you, but then you get fall back in love and everything is just, you know, rainbows and flowers and birds chirping. And that's where I'm at right now with stand up. Just we're totally in love, me and the craft of stand up. So I'm trying to uh, really absorb this and take advantage of this good time and, uh, and try and just ride out this wave before we have another argument and one of us is sleeping on the couch. So that's that's where it's at right now. So I'm just trying to trying to do the right thing and, and uh, stay in this in the good uh, stay out of the doghouse, the comedic doghouse. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, so, yeah, so that's going really well. So lots of ideas and some, a lot more ideas I have to kind of flush out on stage, which I'll be doing over the next bunch of weeks. And uh, of course, when I get back to Calgary, I'll be trying to get some guest spots there, too, and keep working on the stuff so uh when i hit the road in the spring i'll be all ready to go for you folks all right that's what's going on with me let me set up this episode uh my guest this week is uh comedian peter white and peter is from nova scotia from uh i guess it's new glasgow right just outside of uh, halifax here a little bit and i met peter a number of years ago um and then kind of he kind of disappeared. He moved over to the UK and and was over there for a bunch of years. And now he's back living in Toronto. But he was in town this weekend playing the uh, Yuck Yucks. And so I said, hey, man, why don't you pop on the podcast and we can kind of catch up. So that's what we decided to do. And uh, he's a funny, funny guy. Very, very smart guy. Um, uh, very, very intelligent. Very uh, learned. Is that the term you use? I mean, the guy's been to university. The guy's got a degree. Okay, so he's learned. Okay, even though, isn't it ironic that learned sounds stupid? The word itself sounds, oh, I'm learned. Like you sound like it's not the right word. Like it's not even a word. But apparently it means you're really intelligent. And he is. So um, I'm not going to take that away from him. He is a really intelligent guy and a very funny guy. So I got to watch him do um, a set this week, which is really cool. Because quite often as a stand-up, because your schedule takes you all over the place, you sometimes don't get to watch other stand-ups very much, like certain guys if they live away or you're just not in the same town when they are. And uh, so it was the first time I'd seen him in a number of years and still really, really funny and very, very clever. So um, anyway, yeah, we sit down for the for this is part one of this, uh, this, this two-part conversation. And uh, yeah, we had a real long conversation, so you're getting a little bit extra juice in these uh these uh two episodes and uh yeah i hope you enjoy uh my conversation with mr peter white uh we're, we're here to talk about comedy finances uh we have financial investor uh, peter white here um can I you just talk into your mic real quick i am a quantitative software engineer at the moment yeah so you're a, you're a math guy you're I a am. math guy you got math stuff behind you i do um First of all, man, thanks for doing this. I know, uh, are you, you're, cause you're here now living here full time again, back in Halifax or no? No, I live in Toronto at the moment. You're in Toronto. I'm just here for this weekend, but. Get out. Yes. Back in, back in your stomping grounds. Oh, in back. Toronto. Yeah. I'm back here for the weekend. I've been, yeah, Toronto's been weird. I don't know. I've never, have you lived there? Never no, lived there, I never did. I remotely thought about moving there for a little while, like my early years of stand up starting in Calgary, but I never, ever fully really considered it like oh i should go to toronto yeah you know turns out there's nothing there <laughs> <laughs> i've always sure felt right well, I don't know, i've always felt that like yeah this city can make a difference but at the end of the day i think it's like oh my work ethic or my attitude will be what defines whether or not i do anything in stand-up like the city itself will not dis- determine oh i was shit in this city and i moved to this city and now everything's amazing for me i don't 
I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, really... it's not 1984 where nobody hears about it. You know what I mean? Like if you're good, people yeah. will find it. You can be good. Yeah. And there's like that dude from Finland who's like the big one of the biggest comics in the states now. He won that World Series of Comedy oh, and he's right. doing well. The Laugh Factory, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got one name with an M. I can't remember his name, but <laughs> it's like a dude who wouldn't have existed before. But yeah, and that's all you need, right? Like now that guy probably. That marquee will be enough to get him into all the major clubs probably in the U.S. He'll find an audience, and that's it. He'll probably have a career for the rest of his life. Like, yeah. just, like, just like that, out of Finland. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. second language. That really just bummed me out that I realized it's his second language. He's killing it. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, you go to Finland one. and speak in Finnish. You're like, yeah, I just picked it up the other day, and now you're playing Helsinki. You're just crushing, yeah. playing arenas. Buddy, I've played Helsinki. Have you played there? I have, yeah. How was that? I really good, although uh, near the end of my set, a guy uh, puked on the floor, just in the audience, and the rest of the audience added, acted like that wasn't unusual. Like that's pretty standard. It's here. a pretty drunky place. When we like our comedy, we just yak on the floor here. And, Funny uh, on the uh, you take the ferry. Like it's really cool. Like gigs you do, you do like a little run through like uh, Latvia, Estonia, and Finland. Oh, nice. And so you take the ferry over from a because like we don't realize how these people drink. Like yeah. you take the ferry from Estonia to Finland. The lunchtime meal deal on the ferry, like, you, you know, you get like a combo meal, was a fish sandwich and a shot of Jaeger. <laughs> that was happy lunch on a boat. Man. Wow. That, People are I, monsters. I have never been to that area of the world. I need to get over there. It's the cool, man. It's, it's thing, surprisingly fun for comedy, too. I would imagine. and Because that's the other thing, too. I guess so many countries now are doing, like, English-speaking shows, right? Where oh, yeah. you can go pretty much anywhere and... They're like, yeah, we have a we have a comedy night or we have a circuit that does English speaking shows. Yeah, it's nuts, man. I think I've done like thirty countries. That's amazing. And they're all like all in English, obviously. I don't yeah, yeah. kind of speak another language. So yeah, and uh, most of them are good. Like most of them, especially those Eastern countries, like those Eastern European countries. They're all they all watch YouTube now, right? They watch stand up on YouTube, and they all are super excited. Especially if you come with like a North American accent, it feels like it's like kind of cool to them. You know what I mean? It's something. Oh, it's legit. Yeah, because they yeah. get a lot of British people. Like most of the rest of the world listens to British comedy, which right. is what we don't really realize is that everybody, like the biggest comedian maybe in the world, I don't know, is a guy named Michael McIntyre from England. Really? Who we don't have never heard of. And I've never heard of until you just said that. Yeah, name. but he'll play arenas in most of the world. Like go to Australia and play arenas, like not theaters, but arenas. I've always found that amazing. Hey, like you realize how big the globe is. I always thought about it in a music sense, like a band would be huge in the UK. Like they're playing like soccer stadiums and they're coming to, you know, America and you're playing like a hard rock cafe. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't translate (coughs) over. It's weird. I've I've done, because I did when I was in England, I did a bunch of those, uh, they book you on those music festivals. Yeah. All the big festivals have like a comedy tent. Right. And so you go and die in front of nobody in the afternoon. Oh, I can imagine. And is music blaring through the tent? Like from the It's weird. Like it's, they're set up okay. The grounds are so big. Okay. That you can hear it, but it's not overwhelming. But it's uh, it's weird because like they they do the headliners for comedy are in the middle of the afternoon, so they don't compete with the headliners for the music. Right. So like uh, the first one I went to was a thing called uh, uh, V Fest. It's the Virgin Music Festival. It's like a hundred thousand people. It's right. Not, it was nuts walking into. Like it was just walking into carnage. Like people are fighting and puking and just pissing everywhere. It's just a nightmare. <laughs> and so I was like, oh man, this is nuts. And so I go to the tent. I'm on at like five thirty. So I get there about three. And I go on, the headliner's on three. I don't know who the headliner is because they're all British comedians. I don't know who right. the hell anybody is. So they're like, Adam Hill's on. I'm like, I don't know who that is. That's great. They're all excited. Everybody's, so I go into the tent. There's 3,000 people in this tent watching this guy do comedy. 3,000 people. He's crowd surfing. Wow. Like he's, he's crowd he's surfing. Crowd surfing. He, he has a wooden leg. 
He took his leg off and his leg crowd surfed and then they carried him out to meet his leg. It was nuts. Oh my God. And so I'm backstage being like, oh man, this gig is crazy. I'm going to be, this is going to be nuts. <laughs> so they, after him, they take a break for like 45 minutes and then it's another dude and then it's me. And I go up to no exaggeration, 15 people. The whole thing cleared out. The like whole it was thing like... cleared. They went to see some British band. The Stone Roses. I don't know who they are, but they're huge over there. So everybody's gone. So it's a 3,000 person tent with 25 people in it or 15 people in it. And you just go, I'm, this is, oh my God. I'm here to fill time. What am I walking into right now? Oh man. It's such a funny profession, dude. Um, it's funny because I, wa- I was watching you Thursday night and I'm sitting in the back Oof. of the room and I was like, I hadn't seen you perform in years. Like, I don't even know when last time we were in the same room, let alone watch each other perform. Hubcap Comedy Festival. Oh, man. Seven years ago, I think. Yeah. Maybe five. Maybe I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the last time I saw you. Yeah, probably five or six years ago. Something like that. It would have been, been a long, a long time ago. And I really enjoyed it. And, like, it was a smaller crowd. But, like, I was telling you last night, like, you, you had them. Like, they were, of course, in a small crowd like that. Because we all had the same thing where you have pockets of, like, there's just silence for a while. And that's fun. And then you get them back. But at the end, they're, like, totally enjoying what you're doing and what you know, they're enjoying you being up there. And I'm like, that this job just presents so many challenges depending on the cards you're dealt from night to night. Yeah, it's really inconsistent. That's why it's dying a slow death, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> it's not like it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard with the internet and stuff. It's hard. The live part of it is weird. Oh, it's amazing. It's it's, weird. it's, fun. it's great and it's interesting, but it's like becoming one of those weird things. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You're like, oh, people still go to that. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I've always said that. I go, like, the fact that people pay money and go sit in a room and quite often will listen to a stranger. They might not even know who it is they're going to see and turn their phones off and sit there facing the front and listen to a full hour and a half of strangers talking about different things in 2019. The fact that that still exists as a profession is mind blowing to me. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's weird because it is like a little bit magic. Like it's like in the room people, (laughs) it's more fun. People don't understand like when you go to it. Oh yeah. It's like going to laser tag. You're like, this is going to be the lamest thing I've ever. And then you're in the middle of it. You're like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. What can we go against? There's smoke and stuff. This is killer. <laughs> so true. But like just thinking about it, you'd be like, this is dumb. I'd never want to do it. But stand-ups yeah. have been like that. Like if you're in it, it's fun. But if you're just watching it at home, it doesn't have the same. Oh, yeah, on paper, you're like, okay, yeah, no, we'll go. Ch-. And I, I've said this to other people. I'm still amazed at the amount of people you meet after a show who are like, you know, in their late 40s and they're like that's the first stand-up show, show i've ever been to in my life yeah and you're like you live in a major city with comedy every weekend they're like never saw it as an option like i like comedy just yeah. never ever been to a live show so they've seen this thing on their television their entire life it's literally a five minute drive from where they are uh and they've never walked into the doors of a comedy club before until that night yeah i wonder what we're missing out on yeah it's just what? super fun that's just right out there that i never think to go to i don't go to anything it's a good idea. I feel like that, like living in Calgary for 16 years, I feel like there's still so much in that city I have not seen or explored, whether it's restaurants or live performance or, you know, museums, art thing, whatever. And I'm like, that's on me. Like, that's like that's been out there the whole time. It's just up to me to find it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't feel bad anymore. I stopped caring. I stopped <laughs> feeling like, you know what I mean? Because I go to so many things and I just, I don't, I'm not a fun person. So you just go to, like I was in London for so many years and all the museums are free. Right. So eventually, like, I guess I got to go to a museum. Check and so I'm in the Museum out. of Modern Art, and I go, I hate everything that's in here. I hate it. I'm glad that people <laughs> enjoy this. I'm glad they get it. But this, none of this. This is not for me. One of the exhibits was, no exaggeration, a chair stacked on top of another chair. And one of the chairs had balls hanging off of it. No, they're like, actually, that guy's like, no, I just stacked those chairs. I'm cleaning <laughs> you, up here. You couldn't tell. I know that's the joke, but, like, you couldn't. I'd never been to a modern art museum. Like, I right. couldn't tell if this is garbage or if this is good. 
Yeah. None of this means anything to me. This is, yeah, like this is all lost. I know you call it a museum, yeah. but I get none of this. But I, I also see people at comedy who are that way with comedy. Like I'll see people in the audience being like, you shouldn't be here. This isn't for you. No, you're right. It's you not for everybody. And you, you don't. Some people don't. No. It's not everything's for everybody. No, it's totally not for everybody. It's, uh, <laughs> I've had that people too. Like I normally, <laughs> you ever get this one? I normally don't find stuff funny. <laughs> but I thought you're like wow your entire life you've yeah. been walking through life not finding anything remotely humorous but I've met those people I've met my, a buddy of mine's married to a lady like that where I'm just like man what does she find funny and, and he was like I don't never I don't seen know. her laugh so you just, you just sit around being serious all day every day like I get that that's an option but I've never considered it a thing never yeah like especially I think... if you've devoted your whole life to finding things funny it's so weird that there's people who've never Found. Just, that's not part of the life. Yes, they're just like there's not. That's not even on my on my radar. That's not even yeah. in my universe. I don't today. feel that. I feel every other emotion, but then nothing. Never don't. But why would you laugh? Like what's that? What is that? What what is a laugh? You know, there's people starving to death, right? You know, there's people dying. How dare you ever enjoy anything? Yeah, let's put that blanket <laughs> on top of everything. <laughs> Have you met my wife? The wet blanket. Uh, <laughs> All right, cool. we don't get along very well. I don't well, like the funny that my parallel to that would have been I was at a house party back. And uh, I was pretty young. I was like 20 years old. We were having a house party. And we had a bunch of people there. And one of my buddies invited his girlfriend. And I'd never met her. And she's kind of just sitting there with like, you know, the scowl on her face, not enjoying herself. So I was working the music. <coughs> and I go, I go, hey, uh, is there anything you'd like to hear? Like, we got tons of stuff. Like, what do you want to hear? This is pre-internet. This is like not, not hooked up like to a laptop. This is oh, like, this literally what it's like, impressive like a that. bunch of CDs. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, but Peter, we had a lot of CDs. Okay. All right. So I don't want people like, oh, would okay. you have three CDs? So it anyway, was a binder. Yeah, yeah. There was a binder. Through. And they were, you know, some of them were not scratched. <laughs> and uh, I go, we got lots of music here. Like, pick something out. We'll throw it on. She goes, I don't really like music. Wow. And I went. Okay, but like you don't like this, I get it. But like, there's a lot that she. No, no, I don't like music. So I went like the concept, like yeah. the whole like sounds that we call music. You don't. There's no combination of that that you enjoy, and that was mind blowing to me that someone would say that as a statement. That's so funny, man. Because I used to do that as a bit. Did you really? Like when I first started, I do one of those like hacky bits where you just say shit like a bunch of words to back to back, and then you know if you say enough, people will applaud. They clap at the end. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I used to have that bit about that same thing. Meeting someone who doesn't like yeah, like the concept of music bugs you. You know what I mean? Like you're walking down the street and there's like a choir singing at Christmas time. You're like ah, gross. Oh, this, God, I hate that. this drives me <laughs> nuts. But yeah, that's odd. Like that's an odd. Like to have your brain wired to the point that like just hearing sounds that are rhythmic annoys bugs you. you. Yeah. What a weird way to go through life. Yeah. All right, Peter White. Let's go back in time, shall we? Let's go into a time machine, metaphorically. I didn't know you had that kind of money. No, well, I, it's the other room. <laughs> and uh, I'm waiting for it to heat up right now. It's nah, good. One of those old-fashioned Yeah, it's the old crank. school. It's, it's, like, it's, it's a 2200, right? I, I bet Critch has a good one. <laughs> He's got a real good one. <laughs> um, so what, you, what, where did you grow up? I grew up in Nova Scotia in a place called New Glasgow, Nova Scotia. New Glasgow, actually, Nova just Scotia. outside of New Glasgow, Nova Scotia. But was it an even smaller place called called Plymouth? Plymouth, just outside of New Glasgow, Nova Scotia. Yeah. How far from Halifax? About an hour and a half with wow. the new highway, hour forty-five with the old highway. Isn't that everything in the East Coast now? Like <laughs> yeah. the old highway was far more scenic, but now you get there quicker on the new highway. Yeah. That, by the way, took way too long to build and was over budget. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That is why I left. They should have this done by now. I went. Uh, I was home a couple of weeks ago to New Glasgow, uh, and do you know who George Canyon is? Dude, we did a piece of Twenty Two Minutes with George Canyon because he was running for the PC yeah. party. Yeah, yeah. I had no. So idea. I interviewed him. I went out and talked to him for like 
30 minutes. But honey, <laughs> I knew him I, when I was 16. I worked for a summer in a theater in Pictou County in yep. rural Nova Scotia. Uh, and he was just like, they do like the tourist trap kind of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday would just be like East Coast sounds of the summer. Right. And he'd be doing a bunch of them as Fred Lays. Like it wasn't George Canyon yet. His name is Fred right. Lays. Right. And so now I just came back home, uh, you know, whatever this is, 20 years later. And I'm just driving through my hometown. I just see these big signs, vote George Cannon. I'm like, hey, what the hell are you? You can't, first of all, you can't run on a fake name. You can't just be a fake. <laughs> to me, Hulk Hogan can't run for president as Hulk Hogan, I don't think. I think you need to have your legal Your real name, name in there, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like a failed country singer. Yeah. I didn't realize that he was from here. Like, because he's oh, always yeah. lived in Calgary. So he was like singing the, the uh, national anthem at the Flames game. And he, like, he's got the square jaw. Like, he oh, looks yeah. like a cowboy, you know? Sure. And we were like, oh, no, dude. He's from Nova Scotia. And I was like, oh, yeah. what? And they're like, that's also not his real name. I was like, what? Like, it was just... There was a lot of information coming at me in a short Dude, period of time. For a short time after he, because he came third or something on one of those idol shows. That's kind of where he came from. Okay, He's right. like Nashville idol, like one of the CMT ones or something okay. in the States. And uh, at the time, our town, like there's not a lot going on in our town. It was legitimately named worst place to live in Canada three years in a row by Smart Money Magazine. Are you kidding me? 100% out of like 450 places, dead last. <laughs> oh, man. And so the town got super fired up and they put a sign up above like the welcome to the town uh, that said, uh, this is Canyon Country. Right. And I was like, oh, that's cool, you know. But uh, I went back a couple years later. They took it down. No way. They took When he moved to Calgary and stayed there, they took down the Take sign. Take your sign with you. <laughs> Dude, put it I up in the Calgary. Imagine how excited you'd be to have your sign over your hometown, and then they took it down. <laughs> I've oh, never heard of a sign being taken down. Never once. And it's not like there was somebody more famous to replace them. No, it's not really. like, yeah, you, someone was an astronaut out of your hometown. No. It's like, well, clearly we've got to hand it over to uh, Sorry, Michelle Johnson. She's the, uh, she's an astronaut. Sorry. That is amazing. Oh, dude, it killed me. It killed me. The, just, but that is like a bit small town Canada like we always think that they're so supportive but they're not really <laughs> don't get too big for your britches my friend. yeah as yeah, soon as you yeah. think they think you all think right better that's than enough them. success for you sir <laughs> let's spread it around a little huh? what are you doing for the charities around town huh what are you and also if you haven't quite made it yet like I see this so much in Canada I've seen this so many times where like you'll go to somebody's hometown and be like yeah this is my hometown gig you know it's gonna be great yeah. and then they go do the gig and they don't do well there's no one there yeah <laughs> like they don't weird. support you because they don't know you yet. it's weird and I feel like too I've always felt like people who support you especially from your hometown I almost feel like they, there's a level of that but then they need you to move on to the next level oh like yeah if you don't go beyond that level after a while it's like oh so this is it you're not we were no no dude we were pushing you off the dock like we were all waving to you yeah. like the titanic pulling out like hey <laughs> he's from here he's great we love you we support everything you do like you can't just go circle around the bay and come right back it's like no 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 we need you to go you are our future as well yeah. you are our success. what was it like in the new world exactly. it's like I, I literally didn't make it to the new world i, I just kind of circled around the point there you can see oh, it from dude. here actually it's so funny <laughs> you know, like, you almost need that validation of like you had all our hopes and dreams <laughs> I gotta say, my hometown has been really good. Like every time I go back, like they've been really super supportive. So I'm grateful for that. But I do understand, like, yeah, don't get too big for your britches. Don't think, uh, you know. Mine's been good too. I don't want to badmouth the town, but it's like, uh, like if I went to a town that for a show I didn't set up. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like when I yes. set up my own show, people come out and it's fun. But yeah, like if it's should, just yeah. me happy to be in town and it's just whoever's at the show, and yeah, like, this guy thinks he's better than us. <laughs> and I get this. I don't like. I haven't really talked about this much, but I have uh, like uh, a real bad uh, face blindness. 
like I can't recognize people. Oh well, okay. So, like, if I see people meet somebody, I can't. I don't can't know. recall who it is. I don't like. I'll lose people through a movie if somebody puts a hat on. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't do it. Like the Superman disguise works for me. Like you you'd be like, who, where, who's that guy? Yeah, Clark. Really? Yeah, Clark just sees. Yeah, yeah, nothing. Like it's nuts. So like I'll go back to my hometown. Uh, I, I just did a show in the summer. That's why I'm thinking of it. And like I'll meet these people who like I vaguely knew as a kid. Right. And they'll be like, hey, you don't remember me? I'll be like, man, I can't. Yeah. I can't keep a face for five minutes. I can't. I don't know. Not you thirty years. years ago. You've <laughs> aged. You got a beard. You're fat now. I don't. Yeah. I don't know you. And so like I just look like an asshole to everybody. So everybody, yeah. I leave. They're being like, I can't remember me. Thanks Big you. shot yeah. over there is like, ooh. And you are. Yeah. And no, then, it's been two decades, dude. I don't. And I feel like a dick because I wanted, but but like like we weren't friends. Like you know what I mean, like yeah. There's a bit of that going on too, like, oh yeah, you and I were really close. You remember that time down by the lake, and you're like, I have no idea <laughs> what oh, you're talking about. You're just now. kind of nodding, like, yeah, the lake. Oh, yeah. oh, but you're was... probably so much more friendly about it than I am. You're just a nicer person than I am. <laughs> I gotta use that face blindness thing. Know. Sorry, face blindness. You just hand them a card. They face don't buy it. Button. Nobody. Everybody's offended. And Nobody we... thinks it's real. Oh yeah, really? Face blindness. Hundred percent. Right, Peter. <laughs> right. Just... Well, oh, anyway, all the best. <laughs> They give you that little pat, like, oh, anyway, thing. good luck with your sketch. <laughs> what? My sketch? What are you talking about? Your little skits. You, you don't need little skits. You still do, do your little skits, do you? Do you what get do you paid do for, money, for that? Though? Do you get paid for it? <laughs> yeah, not well. Oh, not God, well. I'll tell you. Um, okay, so you grow up there. So what was what was life like growing up there in uh, in New Glasgow, just outside? It was okay. It was okay. Do you know what I mean? It was, uh, like, life was fine. Our family was great. We had a really nice family. But, yeah. like... Uh, we were like in a weird location. I was just outside. There's like Pictacan is weird because it's like six towns all stuck together. Mm-hmm. And I was just outside all of them. So I had to go to the rural high school. Right. So like there was a high school that I could almost see from my house, but it was across the river, which was the dividing line. So I had to take a 45 minute bus ride to like a rural school. Sure. The government was which, proud of those dollars exactly. being spent. <laughs> which was fine. But like it just made it impossible to have friends. Around you, know you. yeah. So like nobody lived close to me. So like legitimately in grade, uh, going to grade seven, I met these kids and I went got invited to a birthday party. My parents drove me out and it was a forty-five minute drive there. So like they had to drive forty-five minutes, drop me off, drive home forty-five minutes, then four hours later drive forty-five minutes and then drive me home. And they're like, yeah, that's it for friends. Yeah, we're uh, what's, <laughs> until the internet arrives. Yeah, you're your, your happiness is not as important as our <laughs> mileage. So that's two soccer games. That's yeah. two soccer exactly. games. So I get like as an adult, I get it. As a kid, it was frustrating. Yeah. But as an adult, I'd be like, hmm. I wouldn't I'd kill the kid before I'd drive him to a birthday party an hour away. <laughs> so it was like it was fun, but it was like weirdly like isolated a little bit like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it was like I loved school because I was around people. And right. School was kind of easy. Like I was lucky that way. School was fine. Had a chance to socialize, a chance to yeah, yeah. mix with people and hang out with no real stress or anything. So like I really enjoyed school. So that was kind of all I focused on at the time: school and sports and stuff. And where did you go? You went to university. Where did you go? I went to Saint Avex in Anaganish. In Anaganish, and then I went to Dalhousie in Halifax. <clears throat> ah, okay. Now, when did you start the stand-up thing? When? How did that? F- Oh, buddy, I started stand. I did stand up. You know, you probably don't know this. I did stand up for the very first time in Calgary. No, at the old Calgary Yuck Yucks. Well, this one that I would have did yeah, comedy yeah. The first time. <clears throat> you might have been doing comedy at that time, probably. When did you start? I would have walked on stage the first time in '04. Yeah, you would have. This would have been '06, '05. Are you kidding maybe? me? You would have been. You might. I might have seen you at one of the amateur nights. I might have, if you were still doing Yuck Savage Nights at that time. It would have been like me, Don Wood, and like Eamon Darnell, and all these people. Yeah. The headline of the first one I went to watch, I went to watch the, uh, 
uh, open mic night, like when I forgot, because I was doing Calgary doing an internship. Okay. I was taking engineering. And so I was working for Schlumberger Oil. Schlumberger, very, yep. Uh, yep. I, first did I did an internship for them in, uh, uh, oh God, Bonneville, Alberta. Played Bonneville next to Cold Lake, Alberta. Oh man, what a garbage town. <laughs> Holy Lord, man. Didn't go well? To, well, the experience, man, my experience, <clears throat> I didn't mean to get this off track, but my experience. No, no, bring it where you need to. Was, it was my first time out of Nova Scotia, really, like on my own. I was probably in 20, 19, 20. So I was doing an internship. And uh, what they told me was, you go to this town, you follow an engineer around, you kind of learn what they do. Right. Like, all right, that sounds all right. So they flew me to Calgary. We had the, all these meetings in Calgary. It was lots of fun. They were treating you really well. I was like, oh, that's great. Then they put me on a bus to Bonneville. Probably 15 hours. It's a long haul, man. And a and bus is even longer. Bus. You stop in places. I bus this little, poor little kid next to me. I don't know what was wrong with him, but something. he was a little off. And he just kept uh, like trying to ask me questions. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this. <laughs> Uh, just point of statues and stuff. I'd never seen a pierogi before, and we pulled up beside a statue of a pierogi. You're welcome. Towns. I was like, what in the hell is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kid's looking at me like I'm stupid. <laughs> so I get to Bonneville. I get to the Greyhound station, and I go to call the place I'm supposed to work. Uh, first of all, I didn't know that your pay phones cost 35 cents at the time. Well, you know, it was during the boom, right? So yeah, I mean, that should like be. Everything's like, a few cents extra. Yeah, that should be a sign that's posted. It's 25 cents everywhere else in the world. That's I forgot about that. Everywhere right. else. It was 35 cents. So I keep putting my stupid quarter in and dialing the number and getting a busy signal, and I'm flipping out because <laughs> I don't know how to live on my own. So I finally figured out. I call them, and I call the shop. I'm like, hey, I'm your, your intern. Uh, can somebody come get me? I'm at the bus station. And the guy's like, uh, hold on. And he puts the phone down, and then he comes back. He's like, yeah, we didn't know we were getting an intern. And I was like, well, you are. So can somebody get me? <laughs> so they come get me, and the guy's like, he brings me to the shop, and it's like cold. It looks like a James Bond, like, bad guy warehouse. Warehouse, yep. Yeah, it's like people on forklifts, and they're all wearing the blue jumpsuits and stuff. Like, this is weird. Yeah. And so the guy goes, yeah, we don't, uh, we're just a little shop. We don't have any engineers here, so um, I don't know what they want you to do. I, I guess you can just do manual labor. And I was like, there's a 0% chance. <laughs> I'm about to manipulate. Just lifts in boxes. Are you, I just did 9,000 hours of math. I'm not coming out here to lift stuff. So it was me fighting them for four months, just being like, I'm not doing this. And then being like, well, what, I don't know what, what are you doing, doing here. Like we, yeah. yeah. So me calling head office every day, being like, you got to get me out of here. So I did that for like three months. And then finally <laughs> I got down to Calgary. And I was just bored. And so I went and I watched. This is what, if anybody wants to get into comedy, go watch an open mic night. Like I remember, I don't remember who it was. I honestly can't remember who I was watching. But I remember by the end of it being like, I can't be that bad. You were encouraged by how bad it was. You I was like, well, I can do that. I, I can like, at least be that bad. Yeah. I might not be good, but I can't be as bad as some of these people. And it was only a couple of them. You know what I mean? Like, there'd be people who were decent, but then there'd be people yeah. who got nothing. Yeah. Because they're at every open mic night. There's a nuts dude who just. Oh, yeah. There's a person who walked in off the street, and they're like, this is, yeah, I'm, I'm getting on a jet plane to do a tour right after yeah. this. Like, I know I have what it takes. Just never thought of a joke. There. Never yep. even planned what they're going to say. Figure it out when I get up there, mm -hmm. and uh, it's going to be amazing. So I watched that, and it was just terrible. Uh, but the headliner, the first headliner I saw was, I can never remember his last name, uh, but he was a little weird-looking fellow named Howard. Uh, he used to do jokes about having a little pouch on his stomach that his wife would set up figurines on and stuff. It was a little... Howard. I think his name was Howard. He, little, he looked like like a if you took Rodney Dangerfield and made like a weirder looking version of him. <laughs> I can't place who that is right now. I can't remember who oh, it was. Oh wow! Um, so that's who closed the that's night. Who closed, and I think I think Rob Ross was the MC. Oh wow! Okay, out of Toronto. Yeah, yeah. And Rob's really funny. Rob's one of the funniest people I've ever seen. Yeah, he's hilarious. Deep uh, comedy. Rob, um, 
Yeah, that's amazing. I did not know you started in Calgary. I had no idea. Yeah, I that's went amazing. and I watched that at the first of my internship when I got to Calgary. And then I tried it in Calgary the day before I left. I was like, oh. I'm going to do this. And if it goes bad, nobody will ever know that I tried it. I'll never tell anybody. I, like I don't that. know anybody in the city. I like that philosophy. So I wrote for the four months. I just sit in my stupid. <laughs> I live in this ridiculous apartment in Calgary because the company was paying for it. Yeah. So I lived in <clears throat> probably still to this day the nicest apartment I've ever lived in. It's like across the river from downtown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like fifteen hundred dollars a month at the time, which is way more money than I've ever had. Yeah. And the lady showed it to me was like, uh, <laughs> "You're gonna love this place." And I shouldn't do this. I don't like to name drop, but uh, you know who used to live here before you? Nicholas Campbell. I'm like, I don't, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I know you don't like to name drop. I know you don't do it very often, but you're not good at it. Not it's good not, at it either. You got to drop names that we know. And mm -hmm. she was like, I'm like, who is he? She goes, he was the star of TV's Da Vinci's Inquest. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to take a super expensive apartment because the guy from Da Vinci's Inquest used to live here? And you phoned back and told everyone in Nova Scotia, oh, yeah. guess who lived here? <laughs> and I went, shut up. We don't like Campbell. It. Who? <laughs> Nicholas. Come on, you're all in the fan club. Come on. Oh, they're always bragging about his Nicholas Campbell condo out in Calgary. Mr. Big Shot. Can you believe I'm taking a dump where Nicholas Campbell took a dump? This is Nicholas Campbell incredible. showered in this shower. Can you believe that? So it was before the internet. I just sat there for four months and I wrote terrible little jokes. Right. And then I went and did it. Uh, how did it go the first time? Great. I mean, I remember it being great. Good. I don't know what it was, but it was like, it was an, uh, that club was incredible. It was a Wednesday night. There was like 250 people. There. Oh, it was sold out all the time. Yeah. yeah. So I did, that was my first show. My second show was eight months later in Halifax when I finally found an open mic night that had six people at it. Wow. So it was a real What a gap in time and gap in tr audience. Yeah. That's what I tell people about Calgary because when I started in 04, the amateur night was on a Tuesday, Pro-Am was on Wednesday, and then a headliner weekend was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, and all those shows would be sold out. Like the Tuesday oh, wow. amateur night was sold out. So the problem was, and someone gave a good analogy, they said, imagine starting your hockey career uh, or playing hockey every day in the Montreal <laughs> Forum. And you think that's what every hockey rink is. <laughs> and then when I went on the road the first time, I was like, this isn't the Montreal Forum at all. It was like Fairview, Alberta. It was like just oh. some horrible gig and whatever with four people. So that's was a problem. Like you get to build an act and you're starting to find your legs, not realizing, oh, this yeah. isn't every gig. This yeah. is just here. This is a bubble we live in of like comedy's the hot thing. The club sold out every night. Even going to other comedy clubs. It was oh, like yeah. went to Toronto the first time at the Yuck Yucks. And I was like, man, this is the super club. And there's literally 50 people here. Like I was like, <laughs> what? Like back home on amateur night. It's, so yeah. I was kind of spoiled in that way when I started. I bet, man. Um, did you, do you remember you did um, a venue that you spent on Spring Garden Road? Was it called Jokers? Do you remember that? <laughs> I remember Jokers. did Jones. you have like a talk show or something there at one point where you had a desk and you were doing yeah, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we tried how, that. How long ago was that? Uh, well, the guy got, uh, I believe, arrested very soon after that. So ah, that was probably. Yes. 10 years ago now? I think it's been almost 10 years since I lived in Halifax. Wow. And I so thought when I, because I played that place, I remember thinking, this is going to be a gold mine. It's like in a great location. <laughs> it's on Spring Garden Road. You got all these students around. I'm like, oh my God, this is, and literally it was like the, my last night headlining there, the, the young guy who was managing it at the oh, time, yeah, yeah, he Anthony. came up to me and goes, I hope you don't mind, but uh, the lights don't work on the stage. <laughs> and I thought he was joking. I'm yeah. like, yeah, right. He goes, no, like the, 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 the floods don't work, but uh, 
if you just stand under the the pot lights <laughs> so dude my last set and someone took a picture of it it's me i can't move of course yeah. i have to stay in this beam of light uh, and it's like i'm telling ghost stories yeah. like it's just a shadow over my face and i had friends who come out to see oh, me and you're no. just like what am i doing with my life like dude it's insane like in order for a club to be good the person has to care about the club they do they have to care a lot like yeah. it's not an easy business to run. It's not a smart business to run. No, you have to really put. And it, the thing is, if you see somebody who really puts their heart into it, it's an amazing club. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's like, evident. Oh man, like somewhere like like rumors in Winnipeg. Yeah. It's still. It was. I was just there. A few, it was full on a Tuesday. Like you're saying, it's full, like 250 people on a Tuesday. Yep. You go. That only happens if somebody really works to get these people. Cares. Yeah. You can't just put a sign up and have people come. And you gotta you gotta reach out. You gotta build trust with a, an audience. And hey, we know what to expect when we go there. You know the everything from food quality to service to the comedians are great. They treat you well. It's you're right. It's a business. Like you just can't go. Well, here's a room and we got beer and there's a stage. No, and that's what it was when a lot of people started. Right. That's what a lot of club owners have started 30 years ago. You just put a sign up, people show up. Yes. But it's now far you're more competing competitive. with everything. Yeah. And if you can't fill the room for free, you're in real trouble. I mean, that's part of the trouble with that a lot a of clubs. Yeah. If you can't give tickets away and people are like, no, nah, I'm still not coming to that. It's you're in, you're in trouble. And you see them, the writing's always on the wall when you see them go from like, oh, we used to do five shows and now we do three. Yeah. And then we do three shows and now it's just two. We do Friday, Saturday. Oh, you're like, geez. oh, this is a sinking ship. There was a couple in uh, Ontario this year that went to one. No way. Yeah. I remember getting, uh, hey, you want to do a weekend in Vaughn? And I got the thing as one show. Oh, Yo, that's God. not a weekend. I played a club once that was on the verge of closing, and uh, it was the end of the weekend. And I said to the server, I go, I go, uh, who do I see about getting getting paid? Is it the manager or like who is it? She goes, oh, don't think you're getting paid before us. <laughs> like you could tell there was only so much cash in the building. Yeah, and this yeah. girl was like, I worked all week. If you think you're getting paid before me, and I'm like, literally two weeks later, like it was like God, like yeah. people were, checks weren't getting sent to people, checks were bouncing. Oh, it's sad, man. It is a tough, tough racket. So you come back here to Halifax, you do that horrible i'm assuming it was a bad experience the uh six people or the it was weird you know. but it was okay like that that was my weekly became the weekly routine okay you go to this thing that nobody's at but the thing is about starting comedy out here is there was nobody who knew how to do it right so there's nobody to tell you how to do it so everybody kind of got to learn on their own and kind of no figure it out per se. there was no like it wasn't there wasn't a community but everybody was brand new so there's no like old dude being like, hey, you shouldn't do this because, right. you know what I mean? Nobody said what you shouldn't no do. No grizzled headliner to tell you about the rules. None of that. So like, and you never, nobody ever thought that there was another step. Do you know what I mean? Like it was people just kind of doing it for fun because there was no club around. There was no right. chance of there being a club. Nobody ever thought about making money. So it was fun. Do you know yes. I mean? it, was, it was bad, <laughs> but it was fun. Loose and. Yeah. Yeah. And so luckily for me, like a year, I did a year of that. So I learned how to do that kind of for a year. And then a club opened. So like it was really good timing yeah you'd been hardened a little bit you've been up in front of small crowds you'd been no i mean yeah. in a good way that like you just yeah. built like yeah like i i can do some time i can stay with crowds that are like a little bit smaller so when you get to an audience that's there's a real comedy audience now like you're ready to roll like you know you felt a bit more prepared i would imagine yeah you'd yeah. think yeah it still <laughs> still goes rough the first few i remember the first middle you know what i mean where you're just like oh man i thought i could do this and yeah yeah isn't out. it amazing because everyone that's what i find funny about people when they start and not everyone, but a lot of people come in and go like, yeah, I got a ton of funny stories and whatever. And I'm like, well, I'd park all that bravado until you've at least been on stage a couple of times because you're going to find it really fast. These are not your buddies you're performing yeah. for. 
These are not your friends in your basement crushing beers. These are strangers who've paid up to go, go ahead and make me laugh. And even when you're like building an act for a long period of time, like you think, okay, well, I've looked at all my jokes on paper and I think roughly that's about 20 to 30 minutes. And you think, okay, well, strategically that's enough on paper. But when you yeah. get up on stage with adrenaline and speed, that 30 minutes can become 20 pretty quick or sure. 15 or whatever. Especially because it turns out 10 minutes of them suck. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I thought that was really good. And you realize like, no, you don't even, that's a horrible joke. And they didn't like that. Next. You're just getting measured like every five seconds, like yeah. next cutting through it. And you came with like pages of stuff. You're like, look, oh, clearly I have enough. Like we're going to see in nine minutes. We're about to find out. And there's nowhere to hide. Isn't that wild too? That like you can do this for forever, but you still don't know for sure if something's funny when you think of it. Nope. You don't. And it's not usually that it's not funny. This is what I try to explain to people. Uh, like context is so important. Yes. Of what you're saying. Like if the audience doesn't have the context of how you thought of it. Yes. You have to give them show the, your work. Yeah. You have to build the foundation of why this is funny. Yes. So I think that's what people don't get about making their friends laugh. You have years of shared context. So yes. You can just reference something that happened and they're going to laugh. Trust is already built into yeah. it. Yeah. They think the same way you do about stuff. You yeah. know how they think about stuff. But to make people who you have nothing in common with, yeah. like to go to a small town and you go, I don't, I don't know. Like we talk. I we know nothing never. about this place or you people. No, we would not probably, we would not have the same views. We don't have the same views on the world yeah. like, politically. But I got I to gotta bring you to how I see things. Yeah, and make you make a sound out of your mouth yeah. that sounds like laughter. I'm trying oh, to get dude. that out of you. Is that just... part so weird to me? Like, I can't, I can't think of them as people. Right. I can't. Because, like, the idea that you're going to go in front of a room full of strangers and make all of them laugh once a minute for 45 minutes is insane. insane. It's insane. It's it... in, and it doesn't work unless they agree to it. Here's the thing, though. I never thought about the insanity of that when I first started. I just thought, like... I was the same as you in a way where I didn't think of it as a job. I was like, this is just fun. But now as I get older, I sit back and pause and think about the very concept of stand-up comedy, about walking into a room full of people you don't know, and your goal is to say something, and they make this sound out of their mouth. It is madness to think yeah. about that as a profession. And it only takes one dude to stand up and go, you're stupid, for everyone to go, yeah, this is kind of stupid. Yeah, and then they turn on yeah we, don't, we agree with Mike. It's weird. It's like you have to buy into it. But yes. it's, like a, it's like any sort of theater. Like a play is the same way, yeah, too. Yeah, you got to believe. I mean, you got to buy because you're, like, you're just a dude. On a, yeah. You're not in a streetcar. Wait street a minute. You're on a... People can't fly. Yeah. Wait a second. They're cables. Yeah. There's cables under his arms. Does everyone see them? You guys all know this looks worse than TV, right? Why are we here? <laughs> but there's something fun about buying into the live thing. Something... That's true. I'm letting you fool me. It's a permission yeah. to be fooled. Like, I know this is not real, but I'm going to pretend it is. Yeah. Wink, wink, yeah. you know? And comedy's the same way. Like, if I said the things I say on stage to a person at a party, they'd be like, this idiot is annoying. And Why is he ranting? He'd be just dominating you... the conversation. Why did he bring a stool? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Why were there three other people with him and they was introduced and it was just a full show in the kitchen? Yeah, I only like two of them. I'll be I honest. I like two you. of them. And he had merch. I thought that was weird. <laughs> Who brings merch to a party? Man, um, I wish I had the guts to sell merch. Oh, buddy. Yeah, that's that's the other part of it. Like the business sense of the business entrepreneurship side of being a comedian. No one tells you about that. Like, no, it's and it's the like, most important side. It is. Yeah. If you want to make a living at it, it's like you have to embrace that you are in fact a business owner. You are a self proprietor. Your product is your comedy, and you must find a way to put it out in the world. No yeah. one tells you about that. No, and it's a big fight. Like, there's very few people who are making. Like, yeah. off, I, we were talking about this the other day. A few of us in the car, like, off just stand up. There can't be more than four people in the country who make a living off just stand up. 
Yeah, this I, I yeah, you're right. Who doesn't have a secondary job? Doesn't have a, writing or on TV or right. something. They're doing something else. Yeah, I think you're right. You know I, mean? I can't think of more than four people. And the other side of that is, if you stay in this circuit in the system, if you want to make a living at, like, you'd have to be booked pretty much every weekend, every week. Like, you'd be 100%. living out of a road, like just pumping merch out like crazy like you have to have all those pots on the stove to be able to do it without oh i gotta go back to another job or i gotta find another source of income yeah and realistically like if you want to do it in canada you have to have a second market yes like i don't think you can just do canada you'd have to play other places you have to do the states or you have to do europe or you have to do somewhere and have some other thing there's just not enough people no, it's it's really weird too. It's funny you mentioned Rob Ross earlier. We did a show in Lethbridge, Alberta, years ago. I mean, this was about over a decade ago, and it was a place called the Blarney Stone. It was one of those ones that was on a circuit, and no one paid to get in. It was like an L-shaped room Oof. where it was just it was such it was such a bad layout that if you were on the other side of the L in the back corner, you couldn't see the stage, obviously. So they had to set up like. Uh, like TVs with cameras oh, up to the stage. No. So you're watching the show on television oh. that's happening around the corner from you. That doesn't oh, work. Oh, dude. So we do the show. We're sitting afterward, myself and Rob at the bar, and we're having like wings and a beer or something. And two guys come up, and, you know, God love them. They're good guys, and they really enjoyed the show. And they're like, man, that was great, man. We love it so much. And one of the guys goes, uh, he goes, oh, man, you guys, uh, just living the dream, huh? Just going around. He's like, man, it must be so awesome. And Rob looks at me and goes, he knows we're at a bar in Lethbridge, right? <laughs> Dude, I cried laughing. It was like, but they were so innocent. And they were so like, man, I, I would trade with you guys in a heartbeat. Like, it came from a really yeah. sincere, genuine place. And, you know, Rob yeah. was like, you know, played massive shows. And he's just looking at me like, is this guy for real? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like the juxtaposition of like the optics. It is weird. And it what is. it looks like. And the other thing, did you think this? I thought, I mean, if you were a Canadian t uh, comedian and you were on television, like you did a comedy now or you did anything that remotely put your face on television. I mean, you, that was it. You're yeah. rich. You made it. Like you, yeah. this guy must be rolling and do like you just, I don't know why, but I thought that, well, that's the, gotta be the goal. And that's gotta be yeah. clearly all your troubles have subsided and you've, until yeah. you turn to find out that pays rent for two months. Yeah. And then that's it. And then you're like, no, you're going back to yes. do that horrible bar gig that you didn't want to do. Like. There you go. That was part one of my conversation with Peter White. Uh, good dude. Funny guy. And uh, we, uh, it's one of those guys that you just, you know, you don't see all the time, but when you do, when you do see him, you get along so well, you laugh at the exact same stuff. And that's the real cool thing about, about this profession, you know, is that uh, you could not see, literally not see a guy for five, six years and then uh, go, hey man, how's it going? And you got some memories and uh, it's one of the many, many reasons why being a stand-up comedian is awesome. So I hope you enjoyed part one. Uh, part two is going to drop next week. And um, make sure you come on back and check that out. Um, have a fantastic week. I hope uh, things go well for you. huh? If you want to ask out that person, ask out that person. Huh? At least you'll know. Either way. huh? If you want to ask for a raise, go ahead. Fire it off. Ask for it if you think you deserve it. Be respectful. I mean, you know, do it tactfully. You don't want to just kick the door in and go give me my money. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying... You know, those things you want in life, don't be afraid to go after them, you know? 
little less fear this week, huh? Or, or, or let's acknowledge the fear, but we're going to blast through it. Why don't we do that? And then I'll check in with you next week. Anyway, have a fantastic week and uh, hope it goes well. Thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it. And thanks to all you who are sharing the podcast with other people. Uh, it means a lot and uh, it does not go unnoticed. Anyway, take care and I'll see you guys next week on the Generators Podcast. Mm-hmm.